This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, there was a certain man who was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed Jesus with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, and her brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. And you're going to go there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. And after saying this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going to go there and awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death. But they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there so that you might believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we might die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, uh, two miles away, and, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she met Jesus while Mary stayed at home. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know, he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, You are the one coming into the world. And when she said this, she went back, and she called her sister Mary, and she told her privately, the teacher's here, and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly, and she went to Jesus. Now, Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. And the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up, saw her quickly go out. So they followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep. And when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet. And she said to him, Lord, 
If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave. A stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, There's already a stench because he's been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And after Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I've said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus! come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and his feet were bound with strips of cloth. His face was wrapped in cloth. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus said and did, believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace in the name of Jesus, who has seen the inside of a tomb and lives to talk about it with us. Amen. 1981, Will Lee, you probably don't know that name, better known to Sesame Street as Mr. Hooper. Willie died. Now, you can imagine the issues that poses for producers of a children's television network when a a main character dies. How do you explain death to millions of viewers, many of whom are under the age of six? So they they called um, child development experts, people who are skilled in loss and separation issues, which was exceedingly helpful. Don't say Mr. Hooper got sick and died, they said, because a lot of people get sick and they don't die. And don't say that Mr. Hooper was old because kids think their parents are old. And don't say that he went to a hospital and died because everybody goes to the hospital and doesn't die. There was this long list of don'ts, a do list. The do list was acknowledge it. Talk about it. Acknowledge that he's going to be missed, that the show will never be the same. Give the rest of the cast a chance to express what they are dealing with. And most of all, the advice was, make sure that you acknowledge that death provokes a wide range of emotions. Uh, Grief, anger, sadness, frustration, and sometimes all at the same time. They announced weeks in advance that they would air the show on Thanksgiving Day so that parents could watch with their children wisdom. You can watch it on YouTube. I encourage you to go home and do that. I don't really mean that. Go home and watch it. Um, 
I wish I could show it to you right now. In, in one scene, Big Bird says to the cast, hey, I've drawn pictures of all of my friends at Sesame Street, and I'm going to give you the picture that I made for you. And then he goes around and gives the picture to each one, and each person says, oh, Big Bird is fantastic. And then he's left holding just one picture of Mr. Hooper. And he says, I can't wait until he sees it. Say, hey, where is he? Long pause. One cast member explains, Big Bird, don't you remember? We told you Mr. Hooper died. He's dead. And Big Bird says, oh, yeah, I I remember. Well, I'll just give it to him when he comes back. And they all look down. None of them can look at Big Bird. Finally, a cast member gets up, and she puts her arm on Big Bird and gently says, Big Bird, Mr. Hooper's not coming back. Why not, says Big Bird. When people die, they don't come back, Big Bird. Two weeks before the celebration of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, Jesus brings his friend, Lazarus, back from the dead. Want to know why Mary's there early on Easter morning? She knows what death is, but she also knows that God's love is greater than even death. Ancient Greeks believed that actually we never ever die, that we're all immortal is what they called it. They believed that we have this thing inside us that they loosely called a soul, whatever that is, and that somehow, for some reason, that soul lives forever. The church never believed that. We don't believe that we're a soul. We believe that we are a soul. We are. That's the summation of who we are, which means that when we die, we believe that we die. Body, mind, spirit, soul, everything dies. And I think that's what my friends on Sesame Street are talking about. Big Bird can't talk to Mr. Hooper. Why is that? Because Mr. Hooper died. And no channeler, no seance, no medium is ever going to allow that to happen. When we die, we die, and it is really important to tell that truth to one another. I remember when this dawned on me for the first time, it was after my grandfather died. It was that Jesus died the way we die, the way my grandpa died. And he was buried like we are buried. He didn't go to the tomb the way Clark Kent goes into a phone booth. His soul didn't flit off to be with God, poof, come back on Easter Day. He suffered, he died, he was buried, he descended to the dead. You can say that shorter in a creed, but we make sure we say it all. And what we say in the Apostles' Creed, and what we say in text about them bones, them bones, them dry bones, and what Paul's reminder to the Romans is about giving life to our mortal bodies in the story of raising Lazarus, and on Easter morning and at every funeral we ever gather for, is that we believe in the resurrection of the body. And we believe in life everlasting. The truth is, it's not just a problem. Uh, it's not just the Greeks. We speak of death, 
But like it or not, people die. And they're dying at exactly the same rate they've always died. One per person. And most of us live our lives in denial of that fact. Every psychologist knows that. Every psychiatrist knows that. We've lived such protected and such sheltered lives of which we built ourselves because of our fear that we've got this notion that if we believe this or believe that or do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that, that we are going to live forever. That nothing really bad is ever going to happen to us. In short, maybe a word of condemnation for Lutherans, We'd rather look at an empty cross than Jesus writhing on one. But it doesn't work that way. Life is not like that. And so when something bad happens, and when someone dies, when the house of cards starts to collapse, we are often in such denial that it is a crisis of faith. Where are you, God? How could you let this happen? Here's a big word of truth. Just because you are a friend of Jesus doesn't mean that nothing bad will happen. Ask Martha. Ask Mary. They're clearly grieving. And frankly, Martha has no problem putting it to words, and neither one of them has any problem putting it to Jesus. Just because you are a friend of Jesus, what a friend we have in Jesus, does not mean that you're not going to die. Everyone in this story eventually dies. Mary dies, Martha dies, all of the disciples die, John, the writer of the story, rise. Lazarus has the dubious extension of dying twice. Even Jesus dies on the cross. And Easter, resurrection of the body, of which we await, doesn't make any sense without that truth. So when the church out new life, when you name a congregation Lord of Life Lutheran Church, when you call discipleship groups life groups and life classes and life passages, we're not talking about out there someday, the sweet by and by. We're talking about right now. There will be a day of resurrection, but the life of faith has very little to do with eternity. We know almost nothing about eternity. We don't like admitting that to anyone. The only thing we know is that it's in the hands of a powerful, gracious, loving God, and that God's love is greater than even death. The life of faith is about trusting that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God. It's a a terrible mistake to describe the Christian faith as a way to gain eternal life. Christ died so that all people could have eternal life. Faith, then, is not about gaining eternal life. Faith is about living life right now with the hope of resurrection. Now, there's a huge disconnect going on in our culture, and I think, frankly, a lot of it's our fault in the church. <clears throat> the Christian faith is only about life after death, that life sucks someday. If you believe uh, just the things we tell you, someday everything will be okay. Uh, who, who really cares about that? Um, I mean, honestly, uh, do you wake up every morning fearing the plague, fearing pestilence, 
Do you wake up every morning fearing that your children have died today? Uh, Christian faith is not really about heaven and hell someday. It's about hope right now. And it's about life right now. Most people are more concerned about what they're going to do next weekend than what they're going to do in eternity. And our faith says something about next weekend. I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. David Tucker preached the last couple of weeks these long lessons from John. Uh, I think John could have told this whole story in about 45 words. Frankly, I think I could have done about 30. <laughs> 45 verses? 45 verses. It's like he wants us to sit with it. He, he, he wants us to connect to it. He wants us to get the nuance and not gloss over what's happening in this story. Lazarus has died. He's been in the grave four days. Mary and Martha's brother. Let me tell you something about Mary and Martha. They're Jesus' dearest friends. You got a geography map and say, where did Jesus go in all four of the gospels? They keep coming back to Bethany and guess where they go? Mary and Martha's house. My hunch is that Martha has the best biscuits in all of Bethany. But they're his dearest friends. Jesus' dear friend has died. And this ain't Aesop's fables. There's no stoicism hidden in this. There's no soul flitting from here to there. They have put Lazarus in the grave. They know he's gone. Mary and Martha are grieving, and even Jesus is grieving. And when Martha sees Jesus, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I think it's interesting that it's Jesus. It's not Mary. It's not Martha. It's Jesus who introduces the subject of the resurrection of the body. Jesus looks right at her, and he says, your brother's going to rise again. Your brother's going to get up again. He doesn't say, I can see his soul in heaven now, Mary. He doesn't say, oh, I think he's immortal. Only God is immortal. He says, he's going to live again. And Martha responds immediately, I think sarcastically, I know, I know, I know. Someday, the resurrection of the dead. It's like Martha says, whoop-de-doo. I'm hurting now. She's saying, I think half our culture is saying, if it's only about eternal life someday, way off in the distance, and it can't help me with this pain right now, so what? Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And I don't know if you catch that. I am the resurrection. It doesn't stop there. And the life. The life now. On the one hand, I, I think that we could learn a few things from Big Bird's friends. I, I really hope you'll go home and look it up on YouTube and just watch it. It's going to fill your soul. Um, unlike a lot of people, they were willing to deal with death to tell the truth, to talk about death, not be in denial. They didn't try to baffle a bunch of kids with a bunch of immortal baloney. There's something here in the church that we can learn from that, that death is real. It's painfully real. But on the other hand, they left my man Big Bird just hanging there. They just left him hanging there. 
I mean, you watch this yourself on YouTube, and I, I can still see him there. He's got this big yellow beak, and he's just, he can't even lift his head, and he's lost, and he's confused, and there's no words that are come out, which is very rare for a big bird. He's without meaning. He's without hope. He's one hurting bird, not an ounce of hope. And I, I felt that. I, and I, I'm so glad that they didn't cover it up because that's real. But I found myself just, just wanting to whisper, Psst, big bird, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. There's a whole lot of hurting birds in the world. I'm just going to give you my list this week. Jane Jenkins, seminary professor, dear friend. Walt Lowry, seminary classmate. John Yilvesacker, who wrote the song Born and Cry, that finishes one more big surprise. All died this week. There's a whole lot of hurting birds in the world, in here and definitely out there. And every last one of us needs to hear a word of hope that Jesus is the resurrection and the life right now. He is the rock in a weary land. Amen.